Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the P's and Q's podcast. I'm P, I'm Parth, and I'll uh, hand it off to Q to introduce himself. Yes, sir. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, Mark Will Fripp Owens, back for another one. What is this, episode seven? Ooh. Yes, sir. Also, always a pleasure to be back with you guys, especially when the weather is so sunny in Philadelphia. But then again, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, there was never any doubt. It was it was always sunny. We never thought it was rainy or storming or or anything like that. It's always been sunny. Like rain, <laughs> never heard of her. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh man, but that felt good, dude. I mean, I was I was just telling a buddy the other day, like it's just. It's so nice to actually feel bad for the other team, you know, like it's unreal. I feel like we've always been the team that people feel bad for when we're getting trounced. And now all of a sudden the script got flipped and, and we're out here and I'm like, all right, take it easy on the Lions now. Goff has had enough Josh Sweat. Yeah, man. It's like just when you think you're in a terrible situation, there's always someone out here to remind you it could be worse. Because that was terrible by the Detroit Lions. I mean, obviously heading into the week, we we looked at them as a formidable opponent. And this isn't to say that the rest of the league shouldn't continue to look at them as formidable opponents. But that was not good. Mm -hmm. Not good at all, to say the least. It was ugly, man. It was it was ugly for them. And it just – it was surprising because, like, they've – maybe maybe they're just a little bit something like the eagles and they play to their level of competition and it's something that like a lot of young teams deal with um you know but i don't know you got to figure out what your thing is and i think that team is still kind of figuring that out but i think dan campbell is definitely the guy to help them figure that out so i don't think there's any issue there for them uh but what uh what were some of your takeaways from the game what do you think Man, obviously, as you said, it was it was great to finally come away with a victory, not just a victory, but such a convincing victory. I mean, damn, we had the backups in the game at a point in time. I was mm -hmm. looking at Gardner Minshew get some tick, like, let's go. What are those Do sleeves? Dude, I like, have no you idea. You are in the NFL. They can get you specific sleeves, dog. Like, you don't have to cut your sleeves, man. I don't know. Washington State, man, must have been different. <laughs> better stop oh you know he got he back with his guy andre dillard andre he dillard well now right right they're holding that second team down but just man obviously well you know where we started at we ran the damn football guys we ran the damn football that's what you ask for you ask and you shall receive four rushing touchdowns 236 rushing yards, 236 rushing yards, man. The Philadelphia gave, Eagles? Yes. That's not what we gave now, up? We, I, I, we had that? That was <laughs> us. Now, it, it, it only pains me that we still have to apologize to 
Urban Meyer because we didn't quite reach his goal of 250. But that's true. 236 that's true. is great nonetheless. One day, one day, one day. We'll do what Urban wants. <laughs> 250. Either way, man, it's just. It was great to see Boston Scott and the return of Boston Scott and Josh Howard when mm -hmm. Jordan Howard, man. It's mm -hmm. beautiful seeing them back. It was like nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Back to good old days. Watching Amazing. them do their thing to north-south running. Great north-south running, man. Getting straight to the point. Five yards to carry. You can not and will not complain about that. Running you know, just hard. As Smitty, just, just as Smitty said on his clips, there ain't none of that east-west shit, man. One north. Mm -hmm. One north. He went over to Boston. Scott said, hey, I like you running north and south today. I like that. Mm -hmm. Just what the it, team needed, man. Totally agree. And that's been my biggest criticism about Miles has been that he has this tendency to, you know, I talked about it on the pod. He wants to just break the big run. He loves to break it to the outside. I just, I've, I appreciate the hell out of a running style like Jordan Howard and, and Boston Scott where you're just, pounding the rock in their face and they can't stop you you know you and and it, and it helps the o-line too it helps to get their confidence up this is the best run blocking game from the o-line and i don't think that's a coincidence i think it and you know even kenny g does a better job of this than miles does sometimes of just getting north to south and that's why i thought he was getting a lot more of those carries for a while but you know just having seeing you know the running backs as an o-lineman hit the hole that you're creating and not having them bounce outside and you know get tackled for a you know, four lot four yard uh, loss or something like that. It just it gets your confidence going. You start rolling and you just you start moving people, and that's what we really saw from the offensive line this week. And I think it was it was just great to see that when we ran the ball, it looked like our offense could move as a cohesive unit. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know if you felt that way as well. No, definitely, man. It felt like it opened up everything. It opened up everything. You saw Jalen Hurts target the intermediate portion of the field this week, and I think us running mm -hmm. the ball. Had a, played a big part of that because it came off play action. Those two crossing plays that Dallas got it. Like, again, you can't win without talking in the middle of the field. I don't want to say consistently, but you, you got to have it in your arsenal. You got to be able to keep the defense honest. And like mm -hmm. I said to you guys a couple weeks ago, like I believe it was the first part, I have no problem with Jalen Hurts playing layups and three-point shots. But even yeah. the three-point shooters got to settle for mid-range shoot shots at some point sometimes when the defense forces you Absolutely. to. Absolutely. But it's just it, – it was great. I mean, granted, you you touched on Kenny G. And while I do agree that this, there are times it can seem Kenny G does do – does attack the hole better than Miles would or more mm -hmm. consistently than Miles would. I don't even want to say it, – it actually was a surprise to see that he didn't take some of them carries that – Miles would the lack of Miles being available this week would gave off. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, we touched on jo um, Jordan and Bosco. Bosco played forty five percent of the snaps. Jordan Howard played twenty five. Kenny G actually got in with thirty one percent of the snaps, but it seemed it seemed a whole lot like when the running was being done, it was to the latter two instead of Ken uh, Kenny G. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I like you know. It seems like maybe Kenny G, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the locker room. It's surprising to see that he didn't get more of, of the snap count, but um, you'd mentioned it before when we were talking earlier that, um, you know, maybe Sirianni was just impressed with, with what um, 
with what he was showing after Miles went down last week and just kind of rolled with the hot hand. And it's not like he he disappointed by any means. You know, two touchdowns each for Jordan and uh, Boston Scott. But Boston Scott was – he was running that rock, man. Like, he's a small dude, but he runs hard and angry. It's just he's, – he's looking to just put everybody else on the ground. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, man. I think it was Kelsey who had said something about him after the game. Where he was like, yeah, he might be a small man, but he – he runs strong. He runs right at you, mm-hmm. north south. Mm-hmm. So, like, just, just you love to see that, man. That's old fashioned whoop your behind park football. Absolutely, absolutely, dude. It's awesome. He's just been doing that forever, forever. It's, it's awesome. Good for him. And it, this time, um, it wasn't against the Giants. Yes, he had a good. He he can lay the rest of Giant Slayer name until the game returns. I know. Maybe he can be a giant and a lion slayer. All right. things of nature feel may fear Boston Scott. They quiver whenever he comes near. <laughs> but so we had good games from the running game, obviously. Let's talk about the quarterback. What are your what are what are your thoughts? You touched on it a little bit. You know, you're okay. You liked that he was hitting the intermediates. Um, you shared with me uh, you know, his his passing chart from from uh from Sunday. And, uh, and, and I think we're going to tweet that out from the account as well. But, you know, it was just really curious to see that, like, this time it was almost only on the right side. And I don't want to get too much into, like, oh, he only throws to the right because, you know, maybe that's where things are forming. Maybe You know, he's most comfortable there. Maybe when, you know, plays break down, that's where he's looking to. And that's, a, that's normal for a quarterback. And I'm not blaming him for that. But. Why is why are we not scripting for more towards the other sides of the field? You know, maybe I, I get that that's where he's comfortable, but you know, I just kind of want to understand why aren't we spreading the ball out a little bit more? You know, honestly, bro. I mean, it would be nice for us to like script towards the other the other opposite side of the field. And I don't want to act like there aren't any plays that haven't been because even on those intermediate passes to Dallas Goddard that we're talking about. Those actually mm-hmm. happen to the other side of the field. That's true. Yeah, like what you sent me. Even in the same breath of saying that, you think about the game, I believe it was the Dallas game, where mm-hmm. Sirianni drew up, as I mentioned often, the wide cross shallow going towards the right side and how simple yeah. it was for Hurts to hit it. Then he drew up the same play going towards the opposite direction, throwing left, and Hurts was pretty shaky when he missed them. And I mean... Yeah. Even you can even go back to the, um, I guess you can call it the, the the modified flea flicker we did off the pitch, mm-hmm. where oh Hurts yeah, was throwing back to the to the side the same side of the field, the left side, and it's like, I mean, I personally think he put the ball in the position like right there, a, a pretty good pass, only mm-hmm. where only his receiver can get the ball. Now there's yeah. arguably a, a discussion to be had that. Could he have lowered it? I mean, not lowered it because obviously it was towards the floor, but could he have put it in a spot where Dallas should be able to get some yards after the catch? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, outside of the defender that was on, it may have been one player back there, maybe possibly nobody, nothing yeah. but open space. But at the same time, I mean, you don't want to be too risky and get away from the yards. That's why I say I had Absolutely. no problem with the pass. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I mean, maybe the team is just more comfortable with his abilities throwing to the opposite side. He's more consistent throwing that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, still, eventually defense is going to start taking that away from you and make you go to the opposite side. Yeah. Which I mean, we've seen we've seen Hurts 
hit passes on the opposite side. It's just yeah. not his cup of tea. It's not really exactly. up to this point. Exactly. I, I, I agree. I hope that we can start, you know, I'm not saying, you know, throw the game, uh, game plan out the window and just, you know, only throw it to the left in the middle now, you know. I'm not saying that by any means, but I really think that it would benefit the team for us to open it up a little bit more, not just because it opens up the playbook a little bit more, but you want to be ahead of the curve. You don't want to be, you know, mid game when a DC decides to put, you know, uh, uh, somebody on the right side so that Jalen can't throw there. And then all of a sudden we're just kind of floundering and, uh, and just trying to tread water. So I think it's something to keep an eye on. I'm not betting against Jalen. I'm not, you know, out on Jalen by any means. I think the dude works hard and with people like that, you, you bet on them. Um, but I am hoping to see more as the season progresses. I think I can put it that way. So are you say sitting? So I must ask, I mean, you can take the passing chart into consideration with this, but this, I guess this is more of a statistical answer. I mean, obviously both work hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Would you say that this wasn't an impressive game by Jalen Hurts? It was or it wasn't? It wasn't. No, no, I'm not going to say that because you can go into statistics and, you know, whatever. We won the game, okay? And it and I find it wasn't necessarily because of Jalen, but we didn't lose because of Jalen, and he did enough for us to win. And that's what you need out of a quarterback sometimes. Um, Kind of a mean comparison, but, you know, Jared Goff, he – had good games. He played well when he was in, you know, uh, in, in uh, LA for a while, you know, they went to the Super Bowl. He did enough, you know, maybe it was enough that game. I don't know if, you know, the, the, what he the game that he had against the Lions is going to be enough for the game against the Chargers, but, you know, you had to t- take each game as it is. And I think he did enough for us to win. So I think he had a good game. I'm not blown away by his game by any means, but, he was solid. He didn't, you know, turn the ball over in, in a stupid bonehead way. Um, and I mean, sometimes it's all you want to, that's all you really want from your quarterback, you know, especially when, you know, we've had other quarterbacks in the past. I won't name them because I have a personal vendetta against them, but. It's all right, man. I, I know which, which quarterback we have to be talking about. <laughs> my lady yeah, probably well ripped my head off. Right. I mean, right. yeah, he, he 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 played well, I guess, but at the same time, oh, you say today, yeah, he played well. I would hope so against the Jets, but right. I was gonna Especially say at the Mike same White. time, yo, what was that? Not throwing the screen into the the ground, like why did you? Uh, yeah, I yeah. Why didn't he throw the ball into the ground? Like, yeah. That's that's the casual play. You throw it at the receiver's feet. I mean, I don't know what I, I don't know. I spent four years trying to talk and save Carson about these whole Superman plays, but that that one that that can't be saved. That one can't I, be I saved. agree. I agree. I don't man. know. He's right-handed, bro. He throws the ball with his right hand. He put the ball in his left hand and tried to throw it. it After it, he didn't it, throw it away. 
I know. I just one day he's going to learn that he's not at NDSU anymore. And, you know, or I don't even know if it worked at NDSU. This type of stuff, it's high school type stuff that he's still doing. But you know what? He's not our problem. We get to move on, bro. We get to move on. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll get that pick. But um, what, what, what did you think about Jalen's performance? Going back to what we were talking about. I mean, I personally had no problem with Jalen's performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he didn't deliver a world-beater game like an Aaron Rodgers or speaking of Aaron Rodgers, my goodness, I probably shouldn't even say that. What? Just disregard just, that, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I don't even want to open that can of worms. But just, yeah. dude, come on. Let's, let's just say, like, some of the elite quarterbacks around the league. Like, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. It's not like he he had a game like that. Yeah, sure, but he's not a quarterback like that. When I mean, we got yeah. all caught up in the numbers that he was putting up last year, and I mean, it's easy to put up those kind of numbers when you got to score points. So when your team sucks, so all you doing is throwing the ball. Yep. I mean, yep. when you use you to start at zero zero, you playing against. I don't want to say even competition. I mean, it's hit or miss weekly, but. Mm-hmm. Basically, you go into a week with a specific game plan. And sometimes that game plan just ain't always you. And, I mean, it sucks when you're talking about your franchise quarterback. Like, why isn't he the specific game plan? But, I mean, sometimes you got to take the weight off your shoulders. We we do all this talking about Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott and where they are in their point of their careers. But, I mean, there were – extended points where they were game managers the and point which you that just was said, okay yeah you just said the point that in which they're at in their career right now you know that's exactly. what we don't we don't I, i'm guilty of it myself you know i'm just talking about like why didn't he throw to the other side of the field every quarterback has like their places where they're comfortable he needs to just get used to being uncomfortable and we've talked about that on the podcast before but you're exactly right they were game managers dak had zeke Russell Wilson had Marshawn Lynch, you know, they were running that rock and Pete Carroll still runs the rock. The one time they didn't run the rock, they lost the Super Bowl. you know, <laughs> like they just, uh, they, they, they just, they had a dedication to the run game and it allowed these quarterbacks to come along and mm-hmm. you, you need to give them off seasons, give them time and, you know, a vote of confidence from the team as well. And, and Jalen's gotten that now, but you know, we need to keep letting him grow with experience. Definitely, man. Like, Especially if you can come up with game plans like this. This isn't to say the team is going to average 230 rushing yards a game. It'll be nice. But Mm -hmm. you got to be willing to invest in the quarterback, basically. I have a piece that will be coming out on that soon, probably next 24 hours. But basically, you got to just be willing to win. It's not just saying that that's my quarterback. And we're going to mm-hmm. give him a chance. Like, you got to be willing to invest from top to bottom. Like, it's this quote that I seen from John Harbaugh while mm-hmm. I was in the midst of writing this piece. And it, it it really embodies what's going on over there in Baltimore. Not even just Baltimore. Like, basically, the whole purpose of the, the piece is how it is no coincidence that the teams like Arizona, who, when they wanted Kyler, no coincidence, they bought in Cliff because – they want similar. They they were supposed to work hand in hand. His scheme type thing. It's no coincidence that Greg Roman came along when the Ravens had. I mean, when the Ravens selected Lamar Jackson, 
It's no mm-hmm. coincidence that Brian Dabble literally altered the whole playbook to, to help Josh Allen, to help what he was good at. You can even date it back to Colin Kaepernick. Like, these, these teams and these quarterbacks, hell, Cam Newton, when you have a specific quarterback with a, a specific skill set, you have to be willing to alter your whole team to that. And I mean, your entire team. That's just like I was saying about the quote from John Harbaugh. He said, when you have a franchise quarterback, every decision that you make goes beyond that franchise quarterback. That just not, not just offensively, defensively, mm-hmm. even on special teams. You make every decision for that team with your, with your quarterback skill set and with your quarterback in mind. And I mean, that's really, you mm-hmm. have to really invest in these quarterbacks. I mean, it's cool that we bring in a Brian Johnson, somebody that he knew. It's cool that Nick Sirianni is Mr. Let's play by my uh, my team skill set. And we, we adjust by personnel and all that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know I'm a big Nick guy, so it's, it's yeah. no shade towards Nick at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. just, if it's not, it, it, it's from top to bottom. Because if you think it's just these coaching staffs that are invested in these quarterbacks, you're tripping. Like, if you, if you think yep. that these owners haven't signed off on, I want you to do whatever it takes to make this quarterback great, then I you I to go back and do some more research because I'm sure that all of them have the key. Mm-hmm. All of them. And that's why it works out so well for them because you buy in from the top to bottom and it doesn't really seem like we're bought in from top to bottom. It's like we want Jalen to be great and if he's great, we'll work with it. Cool. But I, I mean, totally guys, agree. Who's supposed to be successful like that? That's That was so well put, bro. I'm very excited for this piece now. But that's that, that's exactly right, dude. Like, you know, it needs to be unconditional faith, right? And we kind of have this thing going where it's like, you know, yeah, if uh, if it works out with Jalen, then uh, then we'll we'll keep him around. But you know, I don't I don't know. Like, how is he supposed to fully, you know, learn and get better in that situation? He needs to know that you know this organization has his best interests at heart. And uh, I mean, you know, we still got time. We'll see how this. Uh, this coming off season goes it's going to be interesting for sure a lot of good pods to do definitely this off season we read this ain't going to be the first time we say it. it's not going to be the last time we say it it's probably going to be the biggest off season that we've seen in some time now we got mm-hmm. too much cap space too much draft capital and a very important decision to make mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally right man all right so, do you think this could actually be a turning point for us? Is this, is this, is this where the Eagles, you know, turn things around and it's it's back to, you know, winning for us, or is this kind of a game that we were supposed to win, but you know, it's not really meaning anything in the grand scheme of things. It's a yes and no kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right, there's a lot of talk going on around about can the Eagles still make the playoffs? And I mean, Wild card, hey, yeah. we own. One game, baby. We're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Definitely on the right track, man. But even like I just said with the whole yes and no thing, I'm not sure how I feel about this week. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. we're getting to the, the Chargers soon, but I, if it's a, a loss, if it's a loss, I don't want this game to discourage people because I've been saying for like the last month now, we can just get to the Lions game. There was only one game left on the schedule that was super 
yeah, we, we probably couldn't win this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have your discussions about the Saints game. Not, I mean, you got to see how Trevor, Trevor, Trevor Simeon plays down the stretch. Mm-hmm. But this Chargers game was the one game where I was like, okay, I don't know. But outside yeah. of that, we're in a really good position, man. Obviously, this is one of the easiest schedules in the NFL left remaining. So it's it's highly possible that this could be the turning point. It, it's like the team keeps saying, man, just want to keep getting better week by week, man, week by week. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you had that opportunity to see, the, like, the locker room meeting like after the game when Sirianni yeah. was banging on the uh the locker it was awesome dude that was awesome awesome man awesome and it's like as long as they understand it's a, a 17 round fight man just trying to go one and know each week yep it's just taking things day by day it goes with anything you know life football whatever all you can do is just take it one battle at a time one day at a time and and it's important that that's that's just what they keep doing so I, uh, I I agree too, bro. I uh, I tend to agree that I think it could be a turning point, right? Like this game is a really big game. We'll see how this game goes. I, you know, encourage people not to get too discouraged if this game is a little bit rough. The Chargers are coming. We'll get into it in a, in a little bit, but the Chargers are coming off of two losses and they shouldn't have lost last week, at least. You know, maybe the week before they could have lost that game, but they shouldn't have lost last week. Uh, Belichick messed with Herbert a little bit, you know, got mm-hmm. into his head. So I would be expecting a rebound game from them. But, you know, looking beyond this week, it is a lot of winnable games. And if we play like we did this week, then I absolutely think it could be a turning point. And we could absolutely, you know, be in the be in the running for the wild card. Um, obviously, I'm not thinking we're going to the Super Bowl, but I'm never going to complain about a little bit of, you know, playoff experience for these young dudes. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's exactly what this team could use, honestly. And and that'd be great to go into next year with. Now, mm-hmm. if we end up like seven and ten, I also understand, you know, we're a young team and, you know, it's an average, you know, head coach first season type of thing. But optimistically, I, I, I do think it could be a, a, a turning point for us. So we even uh, uh, we even got a uh, a Chip Kelly quote. From Jalen Hurts. That's true. We did win the day, baby. Win the day. Win the day. Oh God, dude! Just give us flashbacks. <laughs> his his protein shakes. <laughs> we can use them now. Right. Oh man. So, you told me about this, and I thought it was awesome. And uh, we both did a little bit of research into it. But uh, so, the Chargers head coach and our defensive coordinator Brandon Staley and Jonathan Gannon childhood friends you want to go into it a little bit yes sir man so I was actually scrolling on Twitter doing just the average day and I had mm-hmm. the opportunity to come across a I guess it was doing his press conference Jonathan not Jonathan Gannon Brian Staley and he was basically asked about Jonathan Gannon and I just assumed it was like I mentioned to you, just the two guys coming from similar scheme sets. Both mm-hmm. love the two high. Both wrote, yeah. love to show rotations late. But mm-hmm. then when, you, when they began speaking and they got, began talking about how they played AAU together back in when they lived in Cleveland at the age of 10, 
and both are even when the uh, wanted to go into coaching together like basically just childhood best friends that was the term he used for Staley to describe crazy, Gannon. best friend man and it's like that is the that's dream cool as hell yeah definitely bro yeah like, you, so cool and then uh and then uh jg uh or sorry uh staley helped get jg his, his first job is that everyone or was it the other way around i believe J, uh, jg helped get staley his first job i think uh, jg was at tennessee at the time yeah that's right yeah jg was at tennessee and then uh and then he helped staley uh get his first uh, uh get, get his first dc job at a uh, john carroll university so mm-hmm. just Imagine that, you know, your your best friend from childhood and you guys used to hoop together, AAU, and now you're both in the NFL, you know, and, and I was reading about it and, you know, Gannon, although, you know, some of this season has been a little bit of a struggle, a lot of it is personnel, like we've talked about. Um, some of it, you know, he's been a little bit stubborn, but he's also shown us some really exciting things when I think he feels comfortable doing so. Um, Gannon was very highly sought after um during the uh coaching search and and uh and Staley really wanted him to come and be his DC as well but you know we got Sirianni and we got a we got a jump on on uh, on Gannon because of that so uh I think we're uh, we're lucky to have him but cool connection in between the two teams for sure yeah definitely man I'm sure they'll be happy to see each other nice to catch up with each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after you know Jonathan shuts down Brandon's office, of course. <laughs> Let's just hope on it. So, right. I mean, it's plausible. I've been seeing is. a lot of a lot of Chargers fans complaining about Lombardi. What's his name? Joe Lombardi, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's offensive a coordinator. I, I mean, he's no bum, good. but. I think he's been riding coattails for a while, bro. I think everywhere he's gone, he's just kind of given a little bit of hope, and then uh, and then it's just not enough. I mean, I, I kind of put it in a real sour way this week, and mm-hmm. I I didn't necessarily mean to put away when I put it like that, but then I had to sit and think about it, and I mean. This probably would be the most talented version of the Saints offense that Lombardi has ever had. And obviously Drew Brees, I mean, not Drew Brees, Sean Payton is the primary play caller over there in New Orleans. But yeah. A lot of similarities to what we have going on with Nick Sirianni, where even though Frank Wright was the primary play caller, I mean, the apple doesn't fall too far tree type of thing. So when mm-hmm. you watch this Chargers offense, it's like you're watching the Saints Austin Eckler will get the ball and catch the ball, and that's Alvin Kamara. Yeah, it and is. And Mike Williams will catch a lot of passes because that's Mike Thomas. And I mean, granted, like I said, they have this is probably a better version of the Saints offense than he has ever had because yeah. he's never had a number two as good as Keenan. I was Allen just about to say that with New Orleans. So that's what makes things a little special wait, wait, at the same hold time. Up, hold up, you think would you you would you would say Keenan's the number two now? Yeah, man. And I mean, don't wow. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I had an argument with one of my guys earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And I was actually on your side of the fence. I was like, nah, Keenan's the wide receiver one over there. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? And then I started to look into it, like in terms of the numbers. And I mean, mm-hmm. they are way too close to the point wow. where it's like, once you start looking at how close they are, and then you look at the touchdowns and see that 
Mike is damn near at the top of the NFL in touchdowns. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. All right. Maybe I, I was a big Mike Williams fan. I was a big Mike Williams fan coming out of college, so I'm glad he's finally coming it's into his, his own. That, and it's happened so quietly, man, so quietly. Mm-hmm. It really has. It really has, yeah. It's just like all of a sudden this season, I think it's also because of the injuries, because he had the neck yes. injury and all that. I'm, I'm glad he's bouncing back, man. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an easy dude to cheer for. And, and oh. Keenan Allen, dude, as a receiver, I'm sorry, I like totally interrupted you, but Keenan Allen is so good, cold, bro. man. He is so cold with his his routes. Like he he is like what I want Smitty to become, you know, just like torching dudes. Like Jalen Ramsey can't even like hold him. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy. Bro. Yo, his releases me, I, are nuts. I understand what you're saying. Like even Coach said itself. Like he just he showed Keenan Allen's route running in tape study. Right, that's right. He did say that. He did say that. That would be a cool jersey swap. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Um, I know Devonta waiting for the day he can get that Keenan Allen and that Devonta Adams. Yeah, yeah. I saw Devonte and uh, and uh, Jamar just uh, just did, did a jersey change as well. Exchange, oh yeah, change. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember I seen Jamar say he had to go look for him. He that was the right. one jersey he wanted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. So looking into this week. Um, like you said, their offense, strong, right? They got all these weapons everywhere. Last couple of weeks, they've, you know, been struggling a little bit. Belichick, obviously, is just, you know, the defensive mastermind, hiding coverages, you know, disguising this and that and, and everything. Um, what do you think our chances are of stopping them? You know, like not stopping them, but, but slowing them down enough that our offense can keep up. So, it's going to be really be a bit of a chess match. I really like a lot of what Jonathan Gannon did last week against yeah. the Lions, and particularly on third down. Like, obviously, we a two-half team. Love to, love to save the safeties and the, the double-half safeties. Sometimes even with the safeties playing out in Aber, uh, Albuquerque. But... <laughs> <laughs> Lately, Jonathan has actually been switching it up. Like he show you, he's done a lot of. Actually, you can tell that they're best friends when you look at it like this. Even though they come from two, <laughs> diff- two different coaching trees, but Jonathan does a lot of what Brandon does. Where it wouldn't surprise me because I'm sure it was like this last year when Brandon was with the Rams, and I'm sure it's like this a lot now with with, with being at in Los Angeles. But mm-hmm. he always breaks at or near the top of the league in terms of. Showing two hash pre-snap, rotating the pre-hat after. So, I mean, they, they they show a lot of confusion. And we showed a lot of that last week against Detroit, where we showed yeah. them two half pre-snap. And during the first quarter, I think it was like third and five, we showed them a cover one. And then we played a lot of mind games off that cover one because it mm-hmm. seemed like every other third down that we saw after that, we, we actually didn't have the uh, – we didn't – disguise anything we showed them single half pre-snap to make them think they were still getting that same cover one on the third down where it was actually a fire zone where mm-hmm. that's most that's more so where you playing a cover three on the back end but you sending five instead of four and yeah John Gannon sending that pressure that's, man right you even see you even seeing a little bit of cover zero so I, that's how like, you said if, that 
it, it was really encouraging to see this, the, the different type of things that he was throwing at them. Obviously, the Chargers are a bit better offensively than the Lions. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like if he can continue to just mix it up like that, like he did last week, we have a chance to get in his head. I mean, I don't get me wrong. Herbert is very talented, one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league like we have, mm-hmm. especially the young fellas. Absolutely. But he can be fooled, as shown last week. Yes. That's exactly the point. You know, and going off of what you said, you know, this is some of the most like, exotic defense that we've seen from JG in his entire tenure with the Eagles. And I think mm-hmm. <clears throat> the key to us winning – and winning, you know, more games as the season goes on is him doing that. But I think he did it this game. And, and I think that's obvious, but I think he did it against the Lions because he trusted our personnel against them. You know, now maybe with Eric Wilson now, things will open up more, you know, finally, we get some youth down playing linebacker. But um, I think he just needs to trust the defense and just come hell or high water, you just 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 run your defense you run your 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 defense you run your pressures you don't need to go into this vanilla like in a shell just try to hold us in because it's not stopping anybody it's not keeping us in any freaking games like just just go all out man you know call what you're gonna call and if we get burned we get burned but the beautiful thing about defense is it's not going to get predictable like that you know like if it's an offense and he keeps you know calling his the same couple is like i could be like, oh, you know, you need to hide some of that or something. But with defense, you can adjust every week to what the offense is doing. So mm-hmm. I really think he needs to just get into his bag a little bit more because when he does, this defense looks formidable. There's no question. But he's just nervous to get into that. And I think I think that's just – he's going to need to get past that. And if, if this is the week that he does, then that's huge for us. And I also think it's some of the same with Sirianni. Like I think both of these guys are very smart dudes, very smart football dudes too. And so they tend to overthink. Sirianni, dude, we just we were running like freaking draw and uh, and why sale up and down the field, and they didn't stop. Mm-hmm. I was just like, why don't we just do this all the time? Just do it, dude. Like if, if you're finding plays that work, gets you in a rhythm, and it and it and it works, just do it. There's no reason to overthink it. There's no reason to be like, oh, they're gonna catch on to it soon. Let them catch on once. We were driving up and down the field until they catch on. You keep doing that. That's what good teams do. If they find a play that works, Tom, it, like Tom Brady, if he finds a play that's working, he's doing that play down the field. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're going to go and get the points until you can stop us. You can't. You got to have that mentality. You got to have that little bit of bully in you. And if we can bring that, find a couple plays that work this week and just rotate those, that's all we need. That's all we need. I must say, it's very ideal, though, that the Chargers have given up 27, 34, 42 in their last three games. Wow. Got to put up some points. And Asante, Asante didn't practice on uh, yeah, he, He's still not practicing? Uh, well, he didn't practice as, as recently as as Thursday, I think I can, I can look up the injury report, see how that's going. But I mean, they're, they're playing banged up regardless, you know, which is, Oh dude, this just in an hour ago, Asante Samuel out for the game. Mm. Mm. Justin Jackson and Justin Jackson and Michael Davis are also out. Okay. Herbert's Herbert's in. 
Yeah, Herbert's okay. in. He's got the hand injury, but he's in. Yeah, figured that. I think I think we're gonna make a concerted effort to get the ball to Smitty this week. I think that's gonna happen. Um, especially with Asante out. I mean, you know, they still got Derwin James in the back end and everything, but mm-hmm. you know, they're out a solid a solid corner, and uh, and that's somewhere we could go after them. And you know, their rushing defense has also just been taking advantage of the past two weeks. Exactly. Uh, I was just trying to get into that. And the pads. Yeah, get into it, bro. Actually, it was actually the week before that where it really got ugly because I think the Ravens only got like 187 rushing yards, which I mean, obviously still a lot. But the week before against Cleveland, I think Cleveland had like 230 against them. Oh, that's right. That was Cleveland before. Yeah, they've been on this like just brutal, just East Coast trip, man. Terrible, terrible. And, I mean, last week against New England, I mean, it wasn't nothing massive. I think it was like 117 or something like that. But still, obviously, New England not being a massive running team, for them to get over 100 yards was pretty good. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but that just goes – I feel like we had this conversation on the pod a bit earlier in the year when we discussed the Brian and Staley defense. And, basically, it's, he's trying to bring over his scheme and what he likes to do, what he did. Mm-hmm. And – with the Rams, so I can't say in L.A. because he's still in L.A. Still in L.A., with the yeah. Rams, And he's trying to rotate it over down with the Chargers. I mean, obviously, with the Rams, it was a lot easier to execute and input. Mm-hmm. I mean, implement his scheme because when you got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, it's like, what? <laughs> it's a lot of, like, okay, and you guys. And Corey Littleton, do. very, very underrated, but solid at Very underrated, too. Very underrated, man. I'm just about to get into how he allowed his linebackers to be successful. Because, I mean, with the, the, the kind of scheme he plays, that gap and a half scheme, it's kind of mm-hmm. like really hard. Like, that's why I was looking at his, his presser. It wasn't even a presser. It was like an interview he had with the guys from Pro Football Focus. It was actually with what was – it was at the time called the College Football Podcast, but it's now called the Too High Podcast with Deontay Lee. And uh, Seth Galena, and mm-hmm. basically they was just talking to him, and he was speaking about how basically what his why his concepts are the way he way they are, and how he loves for his linemen to play what's called a gap and a half, where they're not necessarily playing one gap where they just getting after the quarterback, and they're not just necessarily playing two gap where it's a read and react kind of thing, mm-hmm. but you you kind of trying to still be aggressive while at the same time you try to keep a hold of the offensive lineman while basically just filling the gaps while your mm-hmm. uh, your, your back-end players, the linebackers, the safeties, yeah. in, his, in, in his case, because he loves his safeties in the run game. Despite I mean, them if you got so Derwin James, back. why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, but even when you take it back to this time with, with the Rams, when you had Johnson Jones. I'm, really? Johnson, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But when he had John Johnson, and he just – they love their safety, despite their safeties playing, because like we said, they stay in a two-high shell. So the safeties yeah. are pretty far back. But mm-hmm. they even with them playing that far back in the run game, they, they mm-hmm. that's the first line of defense for him type of thing. Well, not first, but they, they, they're, all, they're always active in the yeah. run game. And I think it's because of the way he plays, like his, in most, how most teams – play because we're gonna like to see them come out in a lot of cover four this week that's they yeah. that's their thing they love the, the cover four the cover two two man under type stuff i mean mm-hmm. that's not to say you won't see any 
cover threes or any of that. Because like I said, they love to rotate the safety down late. But mm-hmm. they're going to show you a lot of the quarters. But what they do different from a lot of teams with their quarters is yeah. more so the placement of the linemen. I mean, the placement of the linebackers. How most linebackers will be to the inside shoulder of the, wide, the slot wide receiver, their linebackers line up on the outside shoulder, which kind of puts the the pressure on the safety. Kind of, yeah, because there's nobody sure. in the box then. Yeah. Which is why they're so yeah. good in run run protection because they already have to cover for them. Yeah, man. It's kind of like a... They're fit in already. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a match interesting. coverage kind of thing. Yeah, I'm just kind of like seeing it play out in my head right now. And it's just kind of, that looks, that's really interesting. It's really interesting. Unfortunately, it seems like we're going to have uh, Charles Davis and uh, Ian Eagle again. <laughs> oh, gosh. CBS, Charles makes dude. me so sad, but so happy because the game starts and I hear his voice and I'm like, hey, that's the guy from Madden. Then he starts talking. <laughs> Just talking about the Eagles, especially, bro. Yeah. Announcers just hate the Eagles, but I've accepted it. <laughs> it took me a while to accept it. I just, I'll be hoping that as they hire new guys along the way, like, I'll be right. so appreciative when we get Akeem to lead the call. I, I was just about I'm like, to say go that, bro. Deep. I love Akeem. He's so awesome, bro. He's, I think pairing him with Gus Johnson too. was so perfect, man, because Gus Johnson, perfect. I think he. Best of the business at what he does. I mean, you could make the I argument agree. either him or Joe Buck, but no, no, Gus no, 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 no. It's it's Gus Johnson by a landslide, dude. I'm not listening to Joe Buck's voice. No. <laughs> now see here, Chris. No, dude. It's it, we're we're a Gus Johnson podcast. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah. Gus Johnson, friend of the pod. Right. Right. <laughs> so, all right. What's your prediction for this weekend, buddy? What happens? Who comes out on top? I'm actually feeling a whole lot better than I should be about this game. I think the team feels good going into this. Spoken I think they're actually going to they're going to continue. Yes, yes, I, yes, it is. <laughs> I think they're going to continue to run the ball. Granted, it's mm-hmm. not going to be as easy. It shouldn't be that hard either. Like as we just discussed, the teams and then the Russian the Russian numbers they be able to put been up been able to put up on them mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. So, I mean. I feel like with the pressure of Jalen Hurts and his added pressure in the run game, that should easily allow us to get to at least 160. I agree. Like we should borderline Ravens numbers, maybe not get to Browns numbers, but we should borderline Ravens territory. Absolutely. We should, yeah. We should, we, yeah. We should be in the ballpark. If if New England can rush for that much on them, like we should be too. You know, they they rushed for two 236. Is that what it was? No, that was Cleveland. Oh, okay, okay. So New, New England, England, I think New England had one seventeen. Oh, I thought they had more for some reason. Okay, no, that was Baltimore, well, who was the in between. I think yeah, they had Baltimore had yeah, like one eighty seven. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, what's your uh, what's your score prediction then? We're in Philly, right? Yes, sir. The Eagles have not won a home game all year long. Oh God. Heartbreaking, dude. So many, so much money wasted. I need them. This is the last home game they're going to play before I come up there. So I need them to win a game before I come up there. I don't need that pressure. Oh, that is a lot of pressure. I got a pretty good streak. Yeah, man. I got a pretty good streak going. Me and my lady go to the games. We 2 0. 
Dude, I might know in Philly. Three and oh in general. I'm gonna have to I might have to back out then because I've been some pretty bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's killing me, man. Every time I go, I'm like, this is the one. We're gonna win. <laughs> Season's not not kind to me. <laughs> All, All right, I'm gonna go birds. Twenty. Chargers. Twenty four. Okay. Last second heartbreak. All right. Well, I'm an out Eagles fan, you. Um, I'm just I'm hoping that we can keep this, you know, East Coast nightmare for them going one more week. Um, I think, you know, with 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 Asante injured, um, their defense, you know, not holding up to the run very well. I think we could I think we could put something together on offense this game and Maybe JG takes this game personal. I think he might want to show his 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 best friend growing up. Like this is what this is what my team can do. This is this is what I do. You know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on us. But I think I'm gonna go 27-24 Eagles. Okay. So you think we're gonna get that last second, the last touchdown that I don't think we're gonna get? You gonna think yeah. Sirianni gonna pull it off in the end against his old team? Yeah, I think it's just a it's it's just a, it's a big game overall for everybody. A lot of homecomings, a lot of reunions. Let's uh let's let's go out on a W. It's always going to be sunny in Philadelphia. Don't mind me, Philadelphia. We're going to win this game. Yes, sir. Let's go, go birds, go birds, baby. All right. Thanks, like, everybody. Comment, subscribe, y'all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. Interact with us. Uh, we appreciate you all as all as always. Jeez, eat my words. All right, go birds, everybody. Until next go week. Birds.